Welcome in to 20th and Blake here on the Mile High Sports Podcast Network. I am your host, Drew Creaseman, and as always, I'm excited to be talking baseball with you here on the show. Um, <laughs> as you've noticed, I, I've done a few that have been a little bit less about the Colorado Rockies as of late, kind of getting through the slog of the end of the season here, and in a more competitive year, I might be having a different conversation right now. There's a lot of reasons why I don't normally do what I'm about to do. First of all, it's about the American League, and I don't normally think that much about the American League throughout the course of the season, other than checking in, see who's doing well, who's hot, who's not. But, you know, there's a lot of baseball on, and I try to be really plugged into the National League because those are the teams that the Rockies are going to play more often than not, right? And and so I try to be up to date on all of those storylines, and there's just a lot. There's no way to keep up on all of it. Obviously, I try to stay focused on the Rockies, but them being pretty well out of it with this being a really interesting conversation going around baseball right now. And surprise, surprise, I suppose, with me having a, I think, a slightly different take on this than most of the ones I've, I've seen roaming around out there, at least on Twitter and, and in articles that I've read. And a little bit, I don't watch MLB Network anymore, but I've seen some clips from it uh, on Twitter. I wanted to dive into the American League MVP conversation, not because I care who wins the American League MVP. I mean, in the way that I'm a general, I care about everything that happens in the world of baseball, but I'm not especially invested in it uh, more or less than anything else, right? As, as the phrase goes, I've certainly got no horse in this race. These are two ball players who I've always liked, always enjoyed and appreciated. In fact, if you'd look over the years at like preseason predictions that I've made or you know, uh, not that any of you would have access to this, but like fantasy teams that I've done, which haven't been a lot or whatever, right? Shohei Otani and Aaron Judge have always been players I've had just a ton of respect and admiration for. And I find the, the debate around them right now to be really fascinating because, and of course, this is just one of those things in our society, right? Where it, unfortunately, Rather than being mostly about, you know, one side building up their guy and the other side saying we respect all of that, but we're going to build up our guy. Of course, a lot of it turns into negative stuff and and putting the other guy down and like like weird gotcha moments and debates about like, well, that guy doesn't pitch. Well, like that doesn't matter, like all this stuff. So what I find most interesting about this conversation is we have two players who are both doing something historic, something incredible that ought to be applauded and celebrated and appreciated on every level. And I honestly think that, you know, who the MVP is comes down to what you value and how you think about evaluations of players. And because there are so many facets to this, it's almost more about the game of baseball and the modern game and how do we evaluate and what do any of these stats really mean? And you know, I love a good conversation about what do these stats really mean, right? So let's begin with the easier guy to talk about with the, the, when, when I'm done saying all of this, you're going to go, how, you know, in the world 
is there any argument for any other player other than Aaron Judge being the most valuable player of the American League, right? He's played in 145 ball games so far. He leads the league in runs scored with 125. 60 home runs, of course, as everyone knows. He's probably going to set the American League record, and I'll get back into some of that. 128 RBI, also leading the league. Again, these are all league-leading stats, right? 97 walks. He does have 161 strikeouts, but whatever. He's batting 316, which leads the league. 422, which is leading the league in on base. And 703, which is leading the league in slugging. And of course, uh, 125. (laughs) A 1125. An 1125 OPS. And a 215 OPS plus. Suggesting that he has been 115% better than... The league average, which is insane. Uh, those are, you know, that no Colorado Rocky has broken 180, for example, and he's at 215 ever in the history of the franchise, right? And I'd have to double check. I, I think only once or twice have they had guys in the 170s. Those were like Larry Walker and Todd Helton's best years. Now, OPS plus, and we're not getting into the weeds on this right now, but it does undervalue Rockies guys a little bit. But just for some context, right, the 215 OPS plus is an absurd number. All of those numbers are absurd. He's leading the league in every offensive category that matters. Uh, he's going to get, you know, I, I shouldn't put it that way. Uh, there are still, like, stolen bases can can matter. And he, he's still, he's got 16 of those. <laughs> like, it's, it's wild, man. Yeah, obviously, he's not the league leader in that category. Uh, he, he doesn't have any triples on the year. <laughs> you know, the, that's when you're getting into it with this guy. But triple crown winner potentially here. The triple crown slash line winner, right, of batting average on base slugging. Uh He's just the best offensive player on the planet right now, very comfortably. And also, has always been a very good defender, right? A very good defender. And so his his war, his wins above replacement, uh, is lofty, to say the very least. On baseball reference, which is what I have up right now, I guess I can bring up fan graphs if I'm curious enough as we're going through this conversation, but I have their baseball reference pages pulled up and he's at 9.9, which again, that's a staggering number that he's going to finish the season over 10 wins above replacement. Uh, That's, you know, what Mike Trout at his height was doing, but maybe even, you know, depending on where he ends here. And and if you, you think about the historic impact of, Breaking the real home run record. I said it. Yeah, I said it. Uh, you know, if he does all of that, I do think he will win MVP because he's also, okay, a few other things, right, on his case while we're just sticking with Aaron Judge. He's also got the fact that well, he plays in New York City. I mean, that's just, it just is a factor when it comes to these voting things. It shouldn't be. But when we're predicting who will win MVP, you have to factor in New York City and the fact that the Yankees are a postseason team and, and a potential World Series winner, right? They're, they're as solid a bet right now as anybody to win the World Series. And so you've got 
great player doing historic things on a great team in a, in a city, you know, where baseball was born and they do all of that stuff and, and lots and lots of people and they do love their baseball and they're going to support their guy. And so, you know, case closed, right? I think I left off total bases. He has 376 total bases, also leading the league, of course. Right? So, that's all incredible. Let's not do any, as I was saying before, it's not, this isn't but or however, right? Let's just now talk about Shohei Otani. What has Shohei Otani done? Also played 145 games as of my recording of this. He has uh, 145 hits on the season. Not a staggering amount, but that's pretty solid. Uh, the 271 batting average, 359 on base, and a 536 slugging percentage. He's hit 34 home runs. Nowhere close to 60, but 34 home runs. 89 ribbies, so he should finish the season over 100. Though that could, maybe not. That <laughs> Angels are having a rough time scoring runs. Um He's actually stolen fewer bases, but that makes some sense at 11 to Judges 16. And so all of that amounts to, right, the big number here when you're comparing offense, if you and, and that's really what these stats are, are good for, is trying to take a, a balanced look at just offense captured in one number as best we can. OPS plus 150. Now, a 150 OPS plus, again, that's very good. That's an elite hitter. Uh, Shohei Otani is, just as a hitter, an elite all-star level player, right? He may He's not the best hitter in the league, but he's one of the best hitters in the league. And at a 150 OPS plus, again, there's we haven't seen that in a Rockies uniform in a very long time. Nolan Arenado never did it. Trevor Story never did it. Right? It, it's been since, like, Todd Helton, Larry Walker, Justin Morneau might have done it. <laughs> there, there were a couple, you know, but uh, that that's a tough number to get to. And so even though it is very easy to say judge is far and away the best offensive player in the league. And and I mean, in, in all the leagues in major league baseball, right. And Otani, if, if you're going across both leagues might not, he's a borderline top 10 guy, right? He might be the 11th or 12th best hitter in baseball this year, but still that's, I mean, goodness gracious, right? Now we get into the part that gets very complicated, right? Because his wins above replacement as just a position player is 3.7. Again, for comparison, 3.7 is the the exact number that Brendan Rodgers has in wins above replacement this year. And he is the Rockies leader in that category, right? 3.7 wins above replacement. And Rodgers is doing that with mostly stellar, like potential, like he, he should be a gold glove, at least nominee this year. And then the, the bat has been very, very good as of late, especially, but so the Rockies best player, you know, for, now here's another thing you've got to remember because now I can hear some people saying, and not, not, not you, you, you folks 
know exactly the next step beyond this, but we've got to do this step first, right? Of like, well, if Otani's only at 3.7 and Judge is at 9.9, what are we talking about? Is it, and before we get to, well, yeah, he pitches also, because pretty much everybody knew that was coming. We got to stay on the position player war for just a second. And remember that he gets dinged, if you will, in war for counting at times as a DH. And that hurts the values that he gets on his defense. And remember that Otani, and and this is where we just have to basically say, wins above replacement is not really a statistic that was built to handle a player like Otani. To be fair, we don't really have statistics that are built to handle a player like Otani. So even before we start getting to his pitching war, we have to recognize that he's not getting as much credit for being a very good defender as he is. And he's also not getting the credit. And, and this is the other big thing that, that kind of counts both ways. And I, I've seen this sort of joked about or, or turned into a meme or people rolling their eyes at this. Like, what about the roster spot? Because it is this weird, ambiguous thing that it's difficult to put a measurement on. But the fact of the matter is, Shohei Otani isn't just his position player war plus his pitching war, which, by the way, comes out to 8.3 right now, which puts him much, much closer to Judge, right? Judge still has a clear advantage there in war, but once you're at 8.3, then this conversation becomes important of how is war potentially undervaluing what Otani is doing. And it is, it, it very much is. And we don't know by how much there's no way to know for sure. And that's why I think the door in this conversation is kind of wide open because to, <laughs> and, and I, I get why it's become a meme because whenever you, you state it, it sounds so duh and obvious to say things like Shohei Otani is one human being. You're like, yeah, we know, dude, we didn't think he was two human beings. The problem is the stats kind of treat him as such, right? Because just adding them together doesn't account for the fact that on any other team, in order to get... combined war out of, say, Brendan Rodgers and Armen Marquez if he was having a much better season, right? Those two guys could combine to create the same amount of war that Shohei Otani does. But, and you, of course, know this as well, each of those guys has to take up a roster spot. Which means that there's one less for some other person that could come in and help your team. Now, you can turn around and say, well, clearly that hasn't helped the Angels all that much. They're still bad and they haven't. But that's that's not on Shohei Otani's fault. The fact that he provides the potential for a great deal more value on his roster and that his GM and, and all of the and owner and all the people involved have not managed to capitalize on that value is not his fault, Right. That, that, is, that is not on Shohei Otani. The, the fact remains, he provides that value. He is an extra piece, a, a, a wild card, an ace in the hole, all those weird phrases, and a, an X factor, right? And I've got to believe on some level 
that that can amount to a, a win to a win and a half over the course of a season. The roster spot, uh, the ability to be versatile, the fact that he is an incredible athlete who can play fantastic defense out there, even though he's not going to pick up enough innings to in a small sample size, like build the war up for that. He still is a very, very good defender. Uh, he's the most complete all-around baseball player maybe ever. And then you've got this interesting element with him where he's not playing quite as well as he did a year ago, where he hit 46 home runs, he stole 26 bases. Uh, The OPS Plus was actually relatively similar. It was 157 to the 150 we're talking about for this year. And he won MVP a year ago. Again, I don't think those kinds of things should matter, but they oftentimes do. And so that brings us back to the the age-old question of, well, who will win MVP versus who should win MVP? Who will win MVP? Almost certainly Aaron Judge. And I'm not going to begrudge it in any way because, like I said, I think he's it's a perfectly legitimate argument. I just think both guys have perfectly legitimate arguments. And I think anyone saying that it's completely simple or it's a slam dunk or, uh, you know, it's not even close uh, are doing a real disservice to understanding what a what an incredible and yes unique talent that that Shohei Otani is and it's weird to me that it's got like I saw somebody uh, a national writer that I've got a lot of respect for basically saying you know if this was going on back in the early 2000s and Barry Bonds was putting up huge numbers people would be saying oh but can he pitch and it's like It's not a knock on Aaron Judge that he can't pitch, right? There are just so very few, like the one of the only examples I could think of off the top of my head when I was thinking about this conversation was Deion Sanders when I was a kid in the NFL, right? Where two-way players used to be a little more common in that sport really does not happen now, right? Like this... The, the, the two-way player thing just is so, so rare. And oftentimes, the rarer something is, the more valuable it is if you can capitalize on it. It's not that dissimilar as, you know, we had this conversation recently with Michael Tolia, and I, and I wrote about it, and I talked to him a little bit about switch hitting, right? On the one hand, there's an obvious advantage to being able to essentially never be matched up against, right? Never have to look at a slider that's running away from you. Because if you're always in the other box, then any slider a guy can throw has got to come into you. It, it's, it completely changes how the pitcher has to approach you if you can switch it. So why doesn't everybody do it? Well, because it's very, very, very difficult. It takes a particular skill set that not everyone has to be able to do it. But if you can do it and do it well, you provide your manager with a value that we don't capture in wins above replacement or OPS plus or any of those things. Like just not having to carry this guy on your bench. Instead, you can carry that guy who brings a little bit more power but struggles against left or right-handed pitching. Whatever it is, those types of decisions, there's just we don't have a way of valuing them and I'm not sure that we ever really will but Shohei Otani is just like the ultimate version of that where if he was on a team that was competent (laughs) frankly 
his value would extend farther than any other players by near definition. Now you, now you have to be good at both of those things, right? To, to go back to the analogy I was making just before, it doesn't work if you're a 300 hitter batting righty, but a 190 hitter batting lefty, right? Then you're not really a switch hitter, <laughs> right? right? Not, not really. And it would be the same thing if Shohei Otani was, you know, an okay hitter and a really good pitcher or an okay hitter and an okay pitcher. That would still be worth quite a bit. And it would still be newsworthy. And it would still be worth talking about, you know, how do we evaluate this properly? But Shohei Otani is both one of the best position players in baseball and one of the best pitchers in baseball. He's an all-star at both. And, and, the, and I don't know that you can, at this point, overvalue that, over overrate that. You know, like I said, I, I don't begrudge Judge, as it were, almost certainly winning the thing. They're both doing historic things. I've seen several people say, well, just because Shohei Otani did it last year doesn't mean that <laughs> it's not still historic that he's continuing to do it. Because remember, in the early parts of his career, it, it wasn't a given. He had shown quite a bit of talent with the bat, but he had struggled pitching. And then he had had one year where he really struggled with the bat and, and with health. And, uh, you know, and, and so it wasn't a given that it was going to work with Shohei Otani. And now it is. And, and we have to continue to appreciate it. It's not just like, well, one year now the novelty act is done. Like, no, the, actually, the longer and more he does this, the more impressive it is. The more he can continue to be, the, the longer, uh, to put it another way, the longer that one of the two things doesn't fall off. We live in an age of hyper-specialization, right? Hyper-specialization. Guys who can really only do one or two things, uh, but if it's the most valuable thing, hitting the ball over the wall, you, you can find yourself a job, especially if the second best thing you can do is draw a walk, right? But then you can strike out 100 plus times and, and hit a buck 90, right? This, this hyper-specialization in the game. So to see somebody who can just do all of it, hits for good contact, he'll take his walks, hits for a ton of power, can run the bases, can play fantastic defense, and oh yeah, he's his team's ace starting pitcher. And he would, if he was two different people, both of them would deserve to be all-stars. That's mind-boggling to me. That's, I honestly wasn't sure it would ever be possible. As much as I've wanted to see it. And so I'll admit, as somebody who's forever wanted to see it, I, I do have a little bit of bias toward... Otani, because it's something that, you know, you see, of course, in, in high school, maybe even up through college all the time, a lot of times the best athletes, they pitch, they play shortstop, they hit, right? You know, when I, I just the versatility of it. When I played football, I, I played on both sides and I was the kicker, you know, because I had also played soccer and, and I played all the different sports, football, soccer, track and field, baseball, basketball. And, and I just, you know, do all of it, find ways to in, incorporate it and, and show off. And I think I've said this before that for me, 
you know, sports as much as anything is about, man, look at what we can do. Look at, look at what the human race, when, when put in these particular confines and the rules of a game and the pressure is ratcheted up and, and we put high stakes and, and we pit people against each other, look at what we can do. And Shohei Otani is doing things that nobody has ever done before. Aaron Judge is having one of the better offensive seasons in modern times. Maybe under a certain lens, the best offensive season in modern times. And Shohei Otani is doing things that nobody in the last, maybe ever, 150 years of this game has ever done. Both should just be applauded and and, and yeah, tip of the cap. I don't think anyone who votes for either one is wrong. You know, I think, like I said, this is one of those really interesting cases to me where I think it all depends on what you value, what you look at, which stats you're into, which stats you're not into, whether or not you care about the teams being good or bad, whether or not you, you know, care about all the, the, the history of it. Um, do, do you evaluate based on years past? Do you care that one guy was the MVP a year ago? Any of that stuff. Um, but... Rarely, I think, is there truly no right or wrong answer here. And this is one of those times where I think there's just no right or wrong answer here. Uh, I, I just like watching both players play baseball. If that's okay. So let me know what you think, though. If any of that made sense to you, if you feel like there is a right or wrong answer here. Always curious to hear your thoughts out there on Twitter and the Discord channel, wherever you can find me. Other than that, I can only ever ask that you continue to be absolutely awesome out there. You all know that I will continue to be absolutely Drew Priestman in here. And until next time, I will see you at the ball.